for a better understanding on a daily basis. All I'm trying to say is that within Pangshin local government, from 1999 till that, we have never been to the Senate. Leading to critical social, political and economic conversations by those who matter. If you chop alone, you will die alone. He did not chop alone. So it is his turn to chop. Today, look at the consequences. That is such a man that had the timidity, the audacity to talk to a governor who still produced produce the highest votes in 2015. In 2015, what happened to him? He insisted that his own boy would be governor. The best journalist has seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. As at the time that Solomon Lad left office, that was in 1983, there was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously. Join Ponsak Fadan and Gilbert Joseph as they talk to those that matter to enable you grip with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM. Good evening and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. And today is 16th of uh, February 2023. I'm so happy that my friend, my colleague is back. Gilbert is back. Uh, well, welcome back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Ponsak. Um, I really do appreciate all of your concern, Ponsak. Um, mm-hmm. It was really tremendous and it gave me a renewed feeling. Um, it's not a new hope, actually, but a new feeling. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You're welcome, you know, always. Yeah. And um, I, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. You're it welcome. feels good to be back. And yeah, well. moments like this just help us to understand there are some other things we can better appreciate in life. Mm-hmm. And one of those is, um, you know, good health, sound air, a roof on one's head, and, you know, just bread on the table. So those are basics. And um, and clothing. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it uh, feels good to have you back. Um, Thank you. Lot of lot of uh, issues uh, uh, to talk about, you know, today. Um, I, I don't know, but what stories have you been following? Did, <laughs> did you have time to go through your phone, maybe to serve the internet for any new story, or you were just, you know? <laughs> I told you that any time I fall ill, you know, I'll just be one side of my bed. And if I lay on, you know, that side, I'll, I'll start confessing to God that, God, if you're going to call me home, let me know so that I... But I'll confess all of my sins. I'll make sure that, you know, my house is in order because anything can happen. I mean, this is <laughs> me because I'm scared. You know, anytime I fall ill, I'm scared. I'm like, this may be your last. Who knows? But... And I'll be close to God. I'll be praying in my mind, (laughs) making confessional statements. And uh, because in Nigeria, life is very frail. If you don't die in bomb blast, you die because of mosquito. Mosquito go bite you, you go die. (laughs) Or you bad drinking water, Water. you die. Election uh, violence, you die. Road uh, crashes. Uh-huh. Police features fire you, self, just like they killed that lawyer. Just the like traps that. are too many, you know. Uh, so uh. anytime if you if you come out for house, you come back uh. in one. Nigeria, no happened to you. Say thank you, Babago. Nah, real gain. Yeah, because uh, most likely it's just if nothing happened, like physical harm happens to you, someone don't cheat you. Right? True. You know, it's better for me that you cheat me than you do cause <laughs> physical harm, you know, to me. 
Well, it's, it's, you know, it's our country. I was having a conversation with my friend today and yeah. we got really talking and uh, we've known each other for, you know, some years now and all our dreams that, okay, after first degree, we're going to move, uh, going to get our master's and after getting master's, then we get married, you know, in the country that we are uh, and have the passport, you know, of that country and just enjoy life and we'll be coming back home, you know. The jackpot dream. Yeah, but I sat back and said, look, Nigeria is the only country that I can become president. It's the only country that you can self-actualize yourself, you know. Uh, but why are Nigerians running? Why are we running? I know that things are really terrible, you know, really, really uh, bad and terrible. Uh, but if prayer had any power of fixing society, Nigeria would have been better. And Africa at large. Yeah, I mean, our country would have been better. But it shows that, and I'm not overruling that prayer entirely doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to know the place of prayer, you have to know the place of, yeah, place of taking action. But if you always pray, I mean, just go and do research. Since the Pentecostal boom of the 1970s in Nigeria, the all, in fact, Pentecostals make it a point of duty to always organize crusade, to pray for Nigeria, pray for its leaders, the more we pray, the more we are losing our basic human values of being honest and truthful, of being loving, gentle, and kind. Uh, so it shows that we're not doing something right. The right things. You know, and uh, Daniel Dennett is an uh, American philosopher. I mean, very interesting guy. Um, he said that a society can live in illusion without knowing that, you know, it's living in illusion. And I think that Nigeria is living in illusion. You can't tell me that 200 million human beings in one space and the majority of them are poor. They don't have clean drinking water. We don't have electricity, access roads. We don't have health, medical insurance, education, infrastructure, decrepit. Um, what else is working again in Nigeria? What else is not working? Education. Talk about education. How well is that functioning? The, you know, the educational... Um, side of our lives as we strike for how many months have we counted you know in the last calendar year that as we went on strike is it about welfare of workers welfare of lecturers or teachers you know so lots of things are really um, giving too many Nigerians a headache and unfortunately it appears that the leaders have just woken from their slumber uh, you know after listening all of these things you know when was the last time they were able to sit, you know, and tell the president frontally that we have a national disaster, we have, a, you know, um, a national emergency that needs to be treated as such, except for what we have witnessed in the last um, couple of weeks, which has to do with the Naira. Um, I, I, I even like the words to, you know, describe how this whole Naira and currency issue um, has taken us all aback or by surprise as, as it were. But fortunately or unfortunately, the same government that has consistently disobeyed court orders with its insiders applauding it have suddenly woken up to say, hey, uh, Mr. President has flouted court orders. In I this. mean, it's not new. It's, it's, it's not new. Fobuari is not new. Yeah, but, you know, all along, all of the people we're seeing from that section now speaking didn't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, so um, perhaps if they had spoken previously, things would be different now. 
and we could well say, okay, um, they have no ulterior motives as individuals, or they are not being affected, and that's why they are speaking. But all along, they were a mom. Is it now they've woken, you know, to their slumber and then realize suddenly um, that the president is not doing certain things as he should? So, um, but, we, we actually need, each time I say this, you you have a way of disagreeing with me on it, but I think we do need a miracle if we should get things right. And perhaps if there's mention nothing to one be country, to, mention one country. I, I don't know. I, 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 I really don't know. But <clears throat> I have a feeling that for us to get out of these troubles, we need we need serious mirror. When you look left, right, and center, you can't see any apparent solution coming. And the that solution, is the solution is individual responsibility. To make society work, it's me and you. It's if you uh, don't disobey traffic order, if you're a law-abiding citizen, uh, and if you hold leaders to account. It's not just being law-abiding, you know, but you have to hold leaders to account. All right, let's let's scratch one surface of um, the many solutions you have listed. Holding leaders to account. Mm. In this same country, you have had the EFCC arraign, you know, corrupt leaders or past leaders, as it were, um, and then tried to prosecute them. Do you remember one or any of those prosecuted that didn't you know, have a form of solidarity from a section of people that probably benefited from the largesse he, um, at the end of the day, siphons probably, either on the basis of religion, on the basis of tribe, um, clanship, uh, what else? What else? Affiliation is my in-law, or um, somehow we went to the same primary school. You know, so, some these are some of the issues, primordial sentiments that we are yet to, you know, um, dissociate ourselves from, if I may say, or we are yet to look beyond. And so, do you even see that changing ahead of the 25th of this month, mm. or even the 11th of March. The same issues keep repeating themselves and reoccurring. People just look at religion, people just look at tribalism. You know, so these are certain things that when you look deeply and critically, you just agree that our consciousness isn't yet there. Yeah. Well, the president has graciously uh, said that 200 old all 200 Naira notes will be in circulation until 10th of April. Uh, they will run concurrently with the new 200 redesigned notes. Uh, but 500 and 1,000, uh, I mean, all notes, is not a legal tender in our country right go now. On, go uh, on, so man, you go. have to uh, obey that. It's coming from uh, the CNC commander-in-chief. Uh, I've never had people, you know, hailing Buhari, you know, Today, some people, were, friends were saying, say Baba Buhari, say Baba Buhari, because he just did a master stroke. <laughs> if, you're, if you have 1,000 Naira old notes, stash, you want to buy votes in like 2 billion, they will give you 2,200 right now. And if you carry the money, go CBN. CBN go ask you how you take get the money. Simple. You have to fill all of the verifications. Aha. <laughs> so it shows that your money is... <laughs> well, like I was speaking to somebody in Cardinal two days back. And he told me that the Cardinal State Governor said um, they should continue making use of the old Nera notes. And eventually, he was going to take them to the central bank himself. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how all of that is going to end up now. Because a lot more of people would have um, 
I, I don't know. And it appears the same thing is happening with the Kano state government. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. uh, I think let's introduce our guests. I'm trying to... Okay, the inside is actually, you know, pretty long, but let's uh, introduce our guests. Our guest, Gilbert, is someone that I truly respect. Uh, when it comes to passion and doing things for public good, uh, I mean, he has not told me that, but just from his track record and been following for many, many years, uh, I realized that he believes that power should be for the best and public good of society, not for self-aggrandizement. And I dare say that he told me that he's the last or the only Nigerian to meet uh, Lee Kuan Yew. I think nine times, yeah. Nine times, yeah. Uh, when he was serving as chairman of Mikang local government, there were a lot of things that he, has, he did, you know, at the time, especially when it comes to education. Uh, when it comes to uh, healthcare and other things that you know the uh, society you know needs, are the, and the records are there, you know, uh, the things that he has done are there for people to see in case you are in doubt. And when it comes to finance, I mean, his his top his knowledge of you know how to grow an economy, how uh, to make economy function for the little people. Is impeccable in our private conversation uh, and in public uh, spaces like he's going to do today. I have the honor to introduce as our guest this evening, he hates the title of uh, Honorable, I'll simply call him Mr. Daniel Kumi, former chairman Mikang Local Government, a chieftain of the People's Democratic Party, uh, and I will say an astute well-respected Nigerian and Plato person. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming, sir. Well, it's a delight to be here. You know, I've, I've also been on sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been away from this studio for close to two years. Yes, yes. So uh, I'm sure you should also be welcoming me. Back. Welcome. Yes. Welcome back. Thank welcome you. back. Welcome back. It's great to have you, sir. Thank you. Well, uh, we're going to talk, dear listener, we're going to talk about the finances of Plato State, missed opportunities, lessons, you know, are to be learned, and what are the prospects for the incoming administration. L let me start as an icebreaker, sir. Are you happy with the state of the economy of Plato State? Despite huge, let's start with the intervention from the federal government. Uh, and the idea that is supposed, uh, the state is supposed to generate. I, I, are you happy seeing how things, uh, be, especially when it comes to the local economy of Plato State? Well, thank you, Ponsak. First, uh, let me say that uh, once you have a government in place, Irrespective of your differences in terms of political affiliation, you must respect uh, the people who are in government. Because I know there are two opinions. Uh, God gives power. And uh, the devil also gives power. If it is of God, the people will rejoice. If it is of the devil, the definition is left for you. Mm -hmm. But let me say that when Darye was leaving office, he handed over a debt profile of $83 billion to Jonah David Jiang. And when Jonah David Jiang, in fact, to be precise, this uh, $83 billion 
was captured on page 45 of the handing over notes of Dari. To Jonah Jiang. To Jonah Jiang. Okay. Now, when Jonah Jiang was leaving office, he handed over to Lalong 104 billion. So, if you do the maths, it means Jiang added 22 billion, billion yeah. to the debt profile inherited from Darie. Now, let me just mention a few of the projects that Darie did, particularly within his first tenure. He was able to construct the road from Barakin Ladi to his village, Horop, and it was done by Julius Beja. Uh, in November 1999, the project cost was actually 350 million. Million, okay. Yes, but by February of 2000, the contract sum was reviewed to 650 million. That road was completed, and it was a priority project to the people of Bokos, extending to his own village. He also built cottage hospitals in three local governments, the first phase, namely Mikang, Dengi, and Angware. And those projects were completed and commissioned actually in 1999 by Obasanjo. Uh, is it 2001 or 2003? No. 99? Yes, okay. First year that yes, he came first in. year in office. Interesting. Yeah, he started very strongly. Patrick Dakum was then the uh, health primary care, uh, no, uh, healthcare development, uh, I forgot you know, the agency. Yeah. Then uh, he also built the overhead bridge at Dadinkoa. Yeah, Paul Gindo. Even though that was done free by Julius Beja. But uh, the documents reveal that uh, there was a cost attached to it of 26 million. And then he built other, you know, uh, uh, bridges as, as, as well. And you know, there is one very close here, mm. the one directly opposite uh, Hillcrest, mm. even though there is no traffic intensity. Uh, there is one around Jiangkwan mm. and uh, some other places. And then he started also the phase two of the health uh, facilities, namely Riom, Kanke, and Jos, and Lantang South. Now I'm taking time to mention some of the things he did. And finally, let me say that he also was responsible for the establishment of the College of Agriculture in Garkawa, uh, College of Art, Science, and Remedial Studies, Kurgui, and then the Plateau State University. Now, I'm trying to enumerate this uh, to show what he did because we need to be fair to our leaders. Yeah. Then coming to Jiang, you know exactly what Jiang did in terms of uh, road networks. Some of the roads, I may not be able to capture all of them, but I'll just highlight a few. The Dokantapa Bab Road, the Jibam, linking up to uh, Dokang Kaswa, and then the bridge at Jibam, celebrated bridge. Jibam, even though it was a narrow mm. uh, bridge. He also constructed the Shandam Kalum Road. He did the Zamko, Mabudi with Spur, Tumban. He did the Dengi Wase Road. Uh, he did the Bisichi Manguhale Road. And uh, lots of other road networks. 
network. At least five kilometers in each yeah, local government. Yeah, five kilometers in each of the 17 local governments. Apart from that, the ASTC, with over 600 tractors, and uh, finally, let me just say that the township roads, mm. he did quite uh, a lot in those areas, and uh, he completed the uh, new government house structure and renovated uh, the other one that uh, was being used, the popular Jishé. Now, these were some of the projects the Jiang administration did. And uh, he left uh, 104 billion as total debt, uh, profile. debt profile for Lalong. Which, which, yes, which was accepted by Lalong on the 5th <coughs> of July. 2015. And let me quote precisely what uh, Lalong said. I inherited a total 104 billion in debt and a cash balance of 93 million from the Jiang administration. That was what he quoted on the 5th of July 2015. Now, if you come today I want to say that anybody who is coming to take over from Lalong must be prepared to inherit a minimum of 250 billion debt profile. A minimum? Yes, a minimum of 250 billion debt profile. Now, let me do a small analysis. Let me pick on just a few projects. The there is this thing they call legacy. Yeah, legacy, legacy, legacy projects. projects. Dotting everywhere. And I was in your studio six and a half years ago. Yeah, correct. And I told you emphatically that up to the point Lalong will leave office, he would not be able to complete one legacy project. Yeah, you did say that, yeah. Now, it is less than six or seven weeks away from when Lalong will be effectively be in charge. Because once there is an election on the 11th of March, whoever wins, the only thing the governor can do is to pay salaries. And if there is any major commitment, the incoming gov governor must sign on. So effectively by 11th of March, once the result is announced, he will be a ceremonial governor. I decided to give you this background to know whether I am happy or yeah, I am sad. That was my question. Then, uh, if you look at the diaspora investment into Plateau from 2015 to debt, zero. FDI. Yes, zero. But he has traveled several times. Well, know, to the, say the travels, uh, you can embark on trips that have no meaning because people travel abroad to attract investment. But the basic thing you need to do, because this is a global war, mm -hmm. once, you sh once you want somebody to come into your country, there are so many friends, business associates of such a foreign investor that he is going to discuss with. And whatever they say will inform whether he will come or he will not come. So if the domestic investors are not encouraged 
to invest in what you say it's uh, in abundance, then it doesn't make sense. Because if you tell me that there is so much money on the plateau in mining, for instance, and I come into plateau and discover that nobody is into mining, I'm, I'm going to think twice to invest. Because the questions would be, who doesn't want money? Of course, yeah. Why are they not investing? And so there are things that you need to put in place to attract investors, no matter where they are from. And one of such is for people to have confidence in what you are doing. If there is no transparency in governance, if there is no rule of law, if people behave anyhow, if there is insecurity, and you are traveling to bring investors, for Christ's sake, I don't know what you are telling yourself. And uh, it's, it's not possible you embark on certain things and everybody is fooled. So to answer your question more specifically, I'm very sad that we, ha- we are at this level. Unfortunately for me, I come from the same zone with the governor. And I want to tell the Plateau people emphatically, he does not represent what the Southern Plateau stands for. Because if you remember what Solomon Lara did... Mm. You know that uh, there are people of competence, there are people of capacity. Unfortunately, we are all collectively guilty for the mistake that we unleash on Plateau, bringing in a governor that was fortunate to be chairman of Northern Governors Forum. There is no single project attracted to Plateau. And today his DG of uh, a Muslim-Muslim ticket, even though he says he's, uh, that, that it has been approved by the, the Pope, it's you know, disagreeing the, the stool of the Pope or the seat of the Pope or the revert image of the Catholic community. But if you go to Lafayette and you are going to Shandam, his local government, as soon as you get to the boundary between Shandam, uh, between Plateau and Nasarawa State, that's the end of the good road you are going to ply on. The rest of the portion is terrible. It's a fellow governor that has ensured that the road from his own state to our own boundary is fixed. He has done no such thing. And you've seen the dualization of the road from Abuja through Akwanga to Makadi, but the portion leading to Plateau uh, has not been fixed. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, missed opportunities of the Lalong administration. And in talking about missed opportunities, you well know, you know very well, you know, some of uh, his lieutenants, some of the people he has appointed. Could it be that Governor Lalong is not getting sound advice from people because at the end of the day, it's not only Lalong that bears the brunt. I don't think that he even feel the pains of the woman selling tomato right now in Tudungwada Park uh, because he's a governor. But people are truly going through pains. Is it that he doesn't have lieutenants with sound ideas or he don't just care about anything? All he cares about is himself and his family and how to live the good life. Well, let me put it in this way. I'm sure you went to primary school and you, you had somebody who was coming first in class. Of course. And yeah. somebody who was last mm. in class. 
at any point where they ever friends even by accident no, they no, would no. never ever agree mm. so the the quality in a leader determines the type of result his lieutenants will produce because if you are visionless even if the people you bring into government are visionary it's just a matter of time they will become dummies in your government and uh, the plateau people did not elect members of his cabinet they elected simon bako lalo and so ev- everything begins and ends on his table as chief executive so i have always been uh, sad when people feel that the leader cannot be blamed it is because he has wrong advisers who appointed them a visionary leader will fire anybody who is not doing the right thing and i have served in government both at the state and local government level at the local government i was completely in charge i had people who were not visionary but i met them sit on their toes because i had a clear vision where i wanted to take my local government to lalong does not have a vision and so we cannot blame the leadership fast forward let me take you back to when jedi gomwok was uh, governor he was under intense pressure almost on daily basis petitions were being written about jedi gomwok and you know that there were certain segments you know in this part of the country that never wanted the success of jedi gomwok that finally ended up in his being killed mm. you know so but today without the achievements of jedi gomwok i don't think that plateau would have been better than a glorified uh, local government he put in all those structures so the vision of the leader will inspire and fire the imagination of his lieutenants it is not the other way around let's look at the excuses sir yeah um as okay between 2015 to 2018 yeah plateau state earned at least in excess of 131 billion naira now i want us to look at the period between 2015 and 2018 because obviously covid-19 came and governments began to reel out excuses are you satisfied that with that sort of resources It, it, there is practically nothing to show of course i know you spoke about some of these things in retrospect as well but help us to assess from that period to between when covid-19 came and these challenges began to emerge and where exactly can the governor or government be cut this slack to say okay there were certain challenges and they couldn't meet up to these commitments because of these reasons are there any and then to his person here and i am saying to his person because he has been amplified at the national level in such a proportion that leaves one wondering whether there is something that outsiders are seeing in governor simon bakula long that plato people aren't seeing and probably they might get to regret when he leaves well if a foreign country is interested in an african country and they are always visiting and they are always happy with that african Uh, leader it is simply because they have found a puppet in that leader i want to put it in that context and i hope you follow what i'm saying so 
looking at the resources that has come into the state, honestly, I have done a computation and I have documents. I, I want to say that I want to challenge members of the APC to meet me in the studio at the next uh, invitation to me so that we can sit down and discuss. I will bring documents that will amaze Plato people. And honestly, if I release those documents and Plato people do not chase these people who are in office out of this state, then something is fundamentally wrong with uh, their psyche. Because in terms of the quantum of resources that has, you know, accrued to Plateau State and the local governments, because you see, we have two tiers. Most times we talk about the state forgetting that an average of 2.5 billion goes to the 17 local governments on a monthly basis. In some instances, 3.7 billion goes to local governments, the 17 local governments. Do your math. On a monthly basis? Yes, on a monthly basis. Two point, uh, yes, two apart point from five. interventions. So from July, from July 2015 to the end of December 2021, no local government in Plateau received less than 10 billion naira. But you can't go there and see. For the local governments like Just Not, they got as high as 13 billion. Local governments like Shandam, 12 billion. So there are huge resources that have accrued. And if you compute the one for the state, because I have bought state and local governments, and these are not documents that are gotten on the streets, they are gotten from the sources where these distributions are done. And those who are listening to me who are in government, they know that I don't make pedestrian you know, comments when it comes to, to finances. So in terms of the quantum of resources that has accrued to plateau, it is so huge. And you begin to imagine. I, I, I keep telling people that even if you give this government 20 years to serve, they will, they will, make, they will keep making the worst mistakes. Look at the projects they are executing. They call legacy projects. Nobody was consulted. Those projects are not priority projects. So much has been put into the project. Even the process of awarding the projects, due process was not followed. And at the end of the day, it became a fraud. They are in court and suddenly they wanted to reaward the same contract at 26.6 billion. Hello? The same governor said that the projects were already at 80% completion. completion. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the same projects that you say are at 80% completion, you are rewarding it at 26.6 billion. And that's why I said whoever is coming in must have a team, a crack team, that will ensure the governor does not veer off. Otherwise, all those projects, as soon as a new government comes in, you need to look at those projects and do some consultations with people if they truly make sense. The one in Shandam, we have a fantastic location for a general hospital. In fact, the best location I can say on the plateau in terms of citing a general hospital, there is enough space for expansion. This same person who comes from that local government, the executive governor of Plateau State, would cite a hospital in a rice farm 
and one see the quality. No local government chairman in the census would embark on those type of projects. They are not projects that will <laughs> last beyond 24 months. And you go there, you see the quality of roofing sheets. The, the planks are already getting rotten. The buildings have cracked. The fence are giving way. And they are in locations that there is no way, even if you are dashed, even if communities are asked to come and take it free of charge, nobody is going to take it because what are they going to use it for? And so in terms of decision to cite projects, almost all his projects, none is a priority project, and no project has been commissioned. The so-called uh, flyover bridge. The, no, this this bridge, this road Secretary. from uh, Secretariat Junction mm. to Mararabang Jama, mm. the president would between into commissioning an uncompleted project. And as I speak to you today, the road is not completed. Where are we going? Now you go and cite a project at British America. What traffic intensity is on that road? that you cite that uh, overhead bridge there. And why did he embark on it? Because all the states in the Federation were given 18 billion, 225 million. And they started releasing the money in 2021, November, 33 billion. So in a hurry to just get rid of that money, they decided to embark. But it said that there is a partnership between the government and a certain Which bank. partnership? Commercial bank. Yes, Which commercial partnership? Bank. What is the name of the contractor? As you sit down here as a journalist, do you know the name of the contractor? How can you be awarding a contract in excess of $10 billion? You don't know the contractor. At least there will be a neon sign showing who the contractor is, who the awarding agency but is. But they said the name ex- of the contractor is uh, Cranebock, I think. How can you say Cranebock? Where is the neon sign? People were looking for the name of this company. What is their track record in terms of those constructions? Now, today, because we are almost at the end of this administration, see the way they are rushing to complete that portion. So, for, for time's sake, yes. Um, moving forward, would you recommend that the next governor of this state um, digs into, you know, the financial um, dealings of this administration? Is this recommendable, or you, you feel that whoever comes on board should just look ahead and brass up to deal with certain issues as best as he can? I think that we have gotten to a stage that we cannot be sending our governors to Kuje prison. There are decent ways of handling some of these issues. I am not contesting for governorship. I am not a governorship candidate. And I will not be making recommendations for and on behalf of somebody who is coming to be governor. I think I will leave that to the person who will come in. But my recommendation quickly is that never again should governors, whoever the person is, come in and just embark on projects without getting in touch with the people. And that's why I am gladdened by the steps taken by Barrister Caleb Mundfang. Not because I am a PDP member, but I think the steps he has taken so far dwarfs anybody's uh, strategy. 
in terms of uh, focusing to ensure that it delivers to the people of Plato. And what are some of these steps? He's consulting people and asking them to talk to him, to tell him what their concerns are. And the outcome of the engagements have been summarized, and that will enrich his policy document. Now, if when he becomes governor, that's our prayer, when he becomes governor, he should be able to further subject that document to a crack team that will do further consultations, and then they will come up with what I call a development plan for the state in the mold of what J.D. Gomwalk did, so that there are timelines to when, to when you are going to deliver specific projects and then connect with the people. For instance, what is wrong if you take uh, Shandam General Hospital, Lantang, Pangshin, Mangu, Barikinladi, and the specialist hospital? And you say in six months, those hospitals must be turned to referral hospitals, to teaching hospitals, you expand the facilities, you renovate the existing facilities, you equip the place and ensure that there are, you know, competent uh, manpower to man those machines. Do you know the value that will bring to the medical students, for instance, in the University of Joss? And perhaps that will dovetail into having uh, the Plateau State University have a medical school, teaching hospital. And then there will be enough training facilities for these. Now, in terms of education, you must also ensure that our public schools are, you know, are improved to the stage of where myself and people like Lalong benefited from. Because he went to a community secondary school that later became a government secondary school in Shendam. Today, he is an old boy of that school. All he could do was write a letter to Ubeck calling his school Junior Government Secondary School, Shandam, to Ubeck for them to intervene. You know the law does not allow Ubeck to intervene in senior secondary schools. So he had to downgrade his school for Ubeck to intervene. And people are celebrating. Why should we be celebrating mediocrity? Today, no, no, there is no... He downgraded. Today, yes, he downgraded. Just senior senior government school. Junior Secondary School, Shanda. I know. I, I was there last Thursday, yes. so I, I know. Government I know. Junior Secondary School, Shanda. You are a journalist. You know that UBEC does not intervene. Yeah, it's only in basic, basic So you basic, must... Basic education. Yes, you must downgrade the secondary school for them to intervene. That was what he did. An old boy of that school. Now, today, there is no single functional public secondary school that anybody would want to send his ward or his child to. If you are a counselor, you are sending your children to private schools. For so long as public officers embark on this type of uh, terrible uh, posturing of themselves, public schools, public health facilities will never be improved. All right. In case just tuning, we've been having a chat with the former chairman of Mikang, uh, well, Mr. Daniel Kumi, also known as Singapore, and uh, he has been. The expose is really mind uh, blowing, uh, especially when he said the minimum debt profile uh, that the Lalong administration will leave behind is two hundred and fifty billion, from one hundred and four billion that Jiang 
left uh, and Dare left 82 or 83 billion uh, so if you look 83. at 83 so if you look at uh, the percentage basically that it along is going to, is more than i would say 100% It's Absolutely. more than 100%, you know, the death profile. 150, probably. Yeah, but the question is that are people feeling the impact of all these monies, you know, that he has collected? Let's hear from the people. 081-2187-7777. Let's take the first call. Hello? Okay, 090-55-66-6699. I hope that this works. Hello and good evening. Okay, 090 uh 5566699 or you call 081287777 Good evening thank you for calling I got a little bit of Yeah good evening Thank you very much I am great comrade I don't have to but Solomon calling from Angwarukuba We're listening thanks for calling sir God bless your guest uh, at least uh he has spoken very well You see Every platoonian knows that uh, this present administration has dragged Latu back to 90. In fact, I always say that this is just like a total miscarriage. I say that. And I always say that whoever is taking over, and I always say that this is the time that we will not hide our feelings and our own, uh, 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 for those who we are supporting the concert, I have said it. If EFCC are working, we will get to know it this time around. If EFCC are working, we would like to see them working on this present administration, on the platform. And I'm saying this, if 270 billion dollars would be left as that, then we must have to see the, the seed on ground. What have they done? So I'm saying this Kalebo Fan is coming to take over uh, 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 this government and he's going to uh, start from where Baba has stopped because this administration has not taken any steps from 2015. Up to now, he has done nothing, 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 no development, no any project, any project. All projects are completely fly over his secretary's junction, was done by Baba Jam. They just come and, 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 and do a bracket, a bracket, they say they finish. And they are claiming that they have all the projects. We want to see that they are projects. Thank you. Yeah, no, come out with a commission, is playing, and let us see what they have done. Thank you. EMPC should come to Plateau State. That is just the truth of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh I mean you can just sense the pain and the anger the frustration uh in his voice there. Well, uh, leadership is supposed to serve people, people. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Tell us your name. Thank you for calling. They, that they would kill you? That they would kill me. That I would kill me. They would kill my children and deal with my house. Yeah, well, I, you I, have I, to I, report I, to the police. If it's a threat, you have to report to the police. Okay. Yeah. I'm a PHA agent. Okay. I retire in Nepal. I work in Nepal. I retire in Nepal. You know Nepal for Nepal. I've never benefited anything from the Nepal. 2002. Thank so I don't you. know what the problem with children and these people. We'll report to the police. Okay. Thank you very much. 
Wish it's you well. You. Stay safe. Thank Wish you. you well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, it was a threat to life. I mean, uh, there's a limit to what we can Absolutely. do here. Uh, so you have to report to Take appropriate uh, action. Very true. And reporting is uh, one of those good steps that you would take. Let's take this. After this, then Gilbert will take us through mm. social media. Hello. Hello, good evening, Professor. Thank you for calling. Um, good evening to the weather. Yeah. Well, you need to tell us the name, sir. Okay, sorry, please. My name is Osama. Go ahead, sir. Okay, he has been very well. But unfortunately, the party people did not punish Ladon in 2019 by voting him back to power. If they have had all this information then, I would have expected that the PDP would have worked with more candidates. In fact, Nantawe or Mutuan, any one of them would have defeated the incumbent then as Ladon if they have brought them out in 2019. In Bauchi, for example, the governor NDA did not do anything. People complained in the first four years. They punished him by voting him out overwhelmingly, so he couldn't read the election. But unfortunately, Lalong has spent his six years, there's nothing anybody can do except for to cry. We cannot be continued to tell what we need. We should just um, begin to see how we can put our heads together on the party to see that we're voting the right kind of thing, so that we can begin to gradually um, maybe get our, our house in order. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. On Facebook, Coombs Beach says, I'm so ashamed to even talk of the APC flag bearer in public because of the present governor. And the two of them are in the same camp as far as this election is concerned. I just hope the next person will improve our economy. Stanley S. says this election is going to be won by the best candidate because the electorate's eyes are, have opened. Peter will be for president, Dakum or Mutfang for governor. Peter Agnes says, to be honest, this administration are just confused, especially on the plateau. The government is just not serious at all. The present administration on the plateau is the worst administration. Sunday Moses A.V. is saying that. Acknowledge quality says, good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. I think the current administration had the opportunity to improve the GDP of the state because plateau still remains the largest producer of potatoes in the country, which would have generated more revenue to the state through agriculture. That was Longat says the plain truth is that the present governor of Plateau State lacks what it takes to move Plateau forward, and it's unfortunate his cabinet are people who do not have the interests of the state at heart. Sanity Moses Lucas says they miss every possible opportunity. The GDP of the state going lower by the day. Terrible administration. Ambassador Joachim Joseph Dung says good evening to you all in the studio. I'm very confident that the administration of Dr. Nentaway and um, Pam Botma will bring a lot of positive change to all sectors of governance in Plateau State. Welcome back, Gilbert. Thank you. God bless Plateau, you say. Izang, as he says, good evening. Sunset, you guys are doing a great job. God bless you all. May God bless us with good leaders, but we need to vote wisely, electorates. Albert Akaya says, good evening, Posak and Gilbert. Good evening to the guests. The deed has been done and all loss cannot be regained. I look forward to the next administration's efforts towards building a rigid, long-lasting peace on the plateau. Good evening. All right. And now Solomon says, good evening. God bless Honorable Daniel Kumi. You are indeed a good man. See, Lalong needs to give explanation on so many things. The 400 tractors, the loan collected to fix Azaria Road Stadium, 
Now Lalong should come and tell us what he did. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's come back to uh, Mr. Kumi in yeah. the house. Uh, and I you, quickly respond. Yeah, you respond. But yeah. let, let me ask you, yeah. your friend, very good friend, yeah. is running uh, to become governor uh, on the platform of your party, PDP. Yeah. Uh, yourself. And I dare say that the set of local government chairman when you were there was yeah. one of the best in yeah. the history of Plateau State so far. And I say it, I have my facts, I have my reasons of saying it. Will you want Plateau people to vote for a, uh, the, uh, the ruling party, considering all of the harm that uh, you've, you are saying that they have done? Uh, because the candidate of the ruling party seems to have the right idea, so to say, you know, to move Plato State. Will you uh, want Plato people to gamble? Well, uh, let me quickly say that uh, I listened to Dr. Nentawe when he was in Pangshin. And what did he say? That he was going to consolidate on the programs of the Lalong administration. Going to consolidate. He said that during the Big Gamai Day. That's no, he also said it in at Pangshin. Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, so... And then the deputy, the running, his running mate, is the present was Lalong's commissioner for works. That's the combination. Now this party, honestly, I don't know how people reason. Maybe we come from different planets with some of the people on the plateau, because I learned somebody was saying that uh, Nentawe is a nice man. Marketed now, if you are the son of God and it is the devil who is marketing you, can you fly? Somebody who has not performed at all is the one selling you to the people. How would you believe that type of person? You are giving penalty, you have mystery, and then the person who has mystery say, Look, this is my younger brother, he's been playing football, give him the opportunity to kick the ball. I think only senseless, a senseless coach who allow that to happen. The electorates are the coaches. And I think that we will be making the greatest mistake to reinforce total failure of the APC on the plateau. Look at the currency. People are queuing, killing themselves. Look at insecurity. Look at the queue for fuel. There is visually nothing you would not queue for. Even to vote, you are going to queue. So I, I don't know, because if we assess a government after four years and we met the mistake of bringing in that government in the hope and belief by some people, naive people, that he was going to do better, now he has done the worst. And he's bringing a candidate that has all manner of legal challenges in court. Because one of the aspirants against whom he contests is before the Supreme Court. There is a former chairman, a chairman of the party, the Splinter Party, it's a, who is in court. There is a case of the delegates that elected. Now, that is how it is a match. So, even if Lalong says, yes, I have not worked with Nentawe before, what of the deputy? Those are the products they are selling to Plateau people. And can Plateau people buy a bunch of followers? Can they say they are not part of the Lalong administration? In what way can they say that? Now, Plateau fortunately has three candidates. Of these three candidates, I'm going to be very honest with you. The worst is APC. Because, yes, the worst is APC. Because, you see, when you are 
surrounded by people who are followers. No visionary leader will surround himself with followers. Because the takeoff point is wrong. So it can't fly. Now when you come to Dakum, Dakum is also a creation of the APC. <laughs> that got 70 votes. As a matter of fact, he was second in the primaries with second, uh, 70 votes. After the votes of Nantawa, it was uh, Dakum. Dakum rushed to labor. I don't know. Maybe they are still in the labor room. But in terms of experience, Dakum has been commissioner under Darie. Nentawe has been at Makadi as a lecturer. The only time he went out of that environment was when he was wrecked. He has never had a touch with governance. He has never contested any election. Both of them. The only person who contested the election to go to the House of Reps but couldn't make it, he came second in the primaries, was Barista Mutfa. In two, 2011. Yes. We'll, we'll, have to leave you, we'll have to leave it at that. Now, <laughs> he was chairman of local government and the secretary of Algon. And we instituted a committee to check all the performances of our colleagues. And we are reporting every three, three months. That's why you see the degree of uh, performance of the local uh, government chairman. And I hear all manner of lies, governor saying... Yeah, that, well, uh, uh, Mr. Dankumi, well, if, if we allow you to continue... Well, but I just, I just want to say that Plateau is blessed. Thank you. I, I don't know if you are aware that Plateau is now supposed to be an oil-producing state. We're going to talk about because that Because oil has been found in Kanamanwasi. It is because we do not have a visionary government. Otherwise, we would have been in the same thank you. level with uh, Bauchi and, and Gombe thank states. You, thank you. But thank let you. me end by sympathizing with the civil servants because I think there is a distortion. The tenure of the head of service has expired and Governor Lalong feels that there is no permanent secretary that has the competence to step in. He has decided to extend. That type of environment for the civil service is on heart of. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. This is the much you take. Uh, the news will come when you wait up of the hour at 6 o'clock. Thank you very much for coming by now. Mm-hmm.